Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Building Faith Podcast. My name is Richard Goff, and I'm happy to be with you today, but I'm also really excited to be joined once again with Pastor Shane Kohler, our teaching pastor at Faith Community Church. And I'm really excited also about what we're going to be stepping into over the next several episodes of this podcast as we begin what you might call a small series of discussions around what I think is a really important subject that is not only important for us as believers and followers of Christ in our sanctification and our walk with the Lord, but also really important in how we think about this Building Faith project, this building project that we're actually involved in right now. So looking forward to being in the Building Faith studio with Pastor Shane and would encourage you to kind of settle in for this great discussion and you'll be encouraged by it. Well, Shane, here we are again. It's a new year. And uh, as we had talked about at the end of the year, last time we were on mic doing a podcast, we'd said we wanted to start the new year with a new series of podcasts. And so as we step into this, I want to go ahead and provide at least a little bit of an update from where we were at the end of the year to where we are now as it relates to the building project. I know that there's been many in our congregation who have probably driven by the property. Uh, you're probably like us in some ways or another. We we are just waiting for that moment when uh, activity will begin again on the on the property. But we did uh, have a really, I think, productive meeting with our site contractor this past week. And we have a little better idea of a, a bit of a schedule that we can uh, sort of anticipate. Of course, uh, weather conditions uh, notwithstanding, things that are sort of outside of everyone's control. But we did kind of map out uh, a schedule that uh, would really begin with work starting back up on the property um, in March, hopefully, you know, the first part of March, but maybe mid-March, weather permitting. Um, as you might have noticed, uh, it is raining, has been raining, might rain again, but nevertheless, we kind of tried to bake a little bit of that in to some of the the forecasting work that we were trying to do with our site contractor. A great, great company, uh, great people, so we're really pleased with that relationship. but. Um, obviously, they are they are um, trying to get back to the property as soon as they have a break in their schedule, which they're anticipating. Like, like I said, it's going to probably be March. And as we map that out for the work that's remaining on the site to get us to the point where we're ready to begin vertical construction, uh, we're looking at a timeline from March to about July, mid to end of July. So as we're thinking about this, we can really begin to think about as the weather hopefully starts to turn towards spring, um, and certainly as, as, as those conditions also improve uh, working opportunity on the property, we should begin to see much more activity through March and April. And then really, as we move into uh, close to the summer months and into the summer, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be seeing a site that's um, being prepared for the vertical construction process, which, as I said, probably begins sometime August timeframe. So progress is being made. Design design work continues on. There was a really, uh, I think, a productive meeting uh, last week as well with our architects and uh, with David Martin, who's kind of overseeing the the MEP, the, the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing engineering part of the work, a faithful uh, member of our church and also uh, serving on our advisory team. And that meeting took place, so I know that that process is underway. 
Another little update is uh, this week, uh, this Wednesday, uh, Roy Turner, who's uh, helping us with some project management on on the project. Uh, he and I will be meeting with the architects this Wednesday, and so we're looking forward to kind of moving that process along and having Roy kind of really help with his expertise in uh, helping us have a very efficient um, conclusion to our design and engineering work. So a lot going on behind the scenes, and we are just really looking forward to that behind the scenes work taking shape in such a way that all of you can see it on the property. So uh, that's kind of the update, Shane. Uh, now you have you have uh, given us a bit of anticipation toward you know some kind of discussion that you want to start to engage in. Mics are set up. We're recording. So <laughs> what's this all about? Well, uh, I mean, I'm as happy as anyone to see work going again and uh, thankful. I, I'd actually drive by the property every day on my commute home from work. And I have to, even though I know nothing's going on out there, I have to like discipline myself not to get in an accident while I'm craning my neck around to see if there might happen to be something out there. Is so, there at least a little bobcat? Yes. I'm One just of those always, small bulldozers. always. So. <laughs> I think it just, uh, I think it's just natural to, to all of us. And, and as I was thinking, as we get into, uh, the new year, and and particularly as we come to the end of what is really the second major pause in our in our process, we've had two major pauses in our pro, in the in the, the the overall history of this project for us, and I think it's probably a good time for us to talk about that from a theological standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and you'll see a little bit why maybe as I. As I get into this, uh, you know, I'll be revisiting again our whole concept of building faith, uh, the very name of our podcast. But, but I thought to sort of frame everything up for us, just to review ten key events. I try to try to map this out. There's been a zillion different things that have gone on in terms of meetings and decisions and all that other stuff along the way, but. I just tried to map out 10 key events that have uh, sort of marked the history of this process for us as a church. And going back to 2015, in August of 2015, we actually signed a lease purchase agreement on our previous property. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when we uh, vacated the property and handed it over to a church that was in a lease purchase agreement with us that was to be two years. So uh, we had a... Um, uh, we had uh, purchased our our current property, but we couldn't fully pay for it until we accessed the equity of our old building. So, for we knew for two years that we were basically going to be sitting and waiting on that lease purchase to kind of finalize itself, which was fine. We had lots to do in the meantime, and and the following year in 2016, uh, we were basically assessing our building needs, establishing a budget, and then kind of reconciling the needs that we had in ministry to our budget so that we could do something realistic, and then we kind of launched with a master plan. And then uh, at the beginning of 2017, we actually closed on the property earlier than what we thought, paid it off. That's sort of the third event. Fourth in my little scheme here is uh, that was in spring of 2017 that we paid uh, off the, the, the land. Well, in May of that year, we launched formally our Building Faith campaign, had a big uh, Sunday event, and um, you know, rolled out some material and and all of that stuff. Well, the or almost immediately 
out of the gate, we were faced with disappointment because uh, we we were uh, confronted with disunity that was uh, arise uh, arose in the congregation, and and we just made the decision uh, almost from the moment we stepped out of the gate that we had to put our building plan on hold. So this was our, our first major pause, and I, I'm sure everyone uh, recognizes it was the right thing to do, but it's just the reality that we started something in May and uh, had to pause it right away and really didn't do anything for approximately a year. In the spring of 2018, uh, kind of our, our sixth point on the line, if you will, uh, we picked up our plans, dusted off our fundraising campaign, uh, got back to meeting with our architects, continue our design and all that. Uh, number seven, you know, we that same year of 2018, we had a formal groundbreaking ceremony out there on the property. And just a few months later, beginning of 2019, actually began site work. Uh, that went on for about six months until uh, as we were tracking costs and, and stuff like that, we recognized our site costs were going to be higher than we thought. And that necessitated a redesign of our building, which then necessitated a reapproval of the plans. And this was a second pause for us, kind of where, uh, where we are today, um, a second disappointment. And, and that brings us to our 10th point, if you will, on my key events, which is just really a few weeks ago, we finally got pre-approval from the city. So, I mean, we went six months or so waiting on that. Uh, and then hopefully here in a few weeks, we'll be able to re, uh, re-engage our site work and finish the final stages of that. Um, <clears throat> along the way, you know, we have talked to a lot of people, uh, talked to a lot of professionals, uh, sought a lot of counsel, uh, certainly read tons and tons of blogs and articles. I mean, it's been an education process, I think, for all of us who, are, who have been involved. A lot of information out there. Uh, that you can find on how to find the right contractor, how to find the right architect, uh, you know, all the way down to what kind of tile to use in your bathrooms. There's, there's so many articles on so many different things. And of course, there's tons of articles on how to raise money for, or, uh, for a church. Uh, almost endless. You couldn't read them all. But it's interesting to me as I have been through this process now for uh, several years now, four or five years, you can find almost nothing on the providence of God as it relates to buildings. I, I, I did this, I searched again recently just to make sure. Uh, I looked high and low. I, I mean, I couldn't find anything on the providence of God as it relates to, to buildings. You would think that that would be one of the most important topics that's out there for discussion in all of the abundance of material that's out there. You certainly can find a lot of, um, a lot of discussion about the importance of prayer and, or even how we have to have faith, but those articles all follow a kind of a singular narrative, which is basically this. You believe in God, and you'll see him do wonderful things. I mean, that's the, that's the narrative. Almost nothing on believing God through disappointment. All this talk about faith and um, all the talk about 
you know, trusting God. But it seems as if when when I read the the material that's out there, it seems as if people are really putting their faith in their plan, mm. in themselves, you might even say. And yet, at the same time, one of the things that has been a recurring theme, as I've talked to a number of people, is things rarely go according to plan. In fact, somebody told me at the beginning, the one thing you can plan on is that things won't go according to your plan. So that's almost universally recognized. So it's interesting to even think about at that moment, most people are putting faith in a plan that won't go according to plan. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not thinking about what do you do when that happens, Mm. when you do have pauses, when you do have disappointments. Uh, I mean, uh, over and over again, I think people, at least I've talked to in the construction industry, tell me all the time that it is an industry that is full of conflict and a lot of bickering and even lawsuits precisely because things rarely go according to plan. Uh, In fact, when you're reading about this, it's almost as if there's a kind of a latent mysticism. It is a faith that all things will go well. Not necessarily a faith whether or not they go well. And those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. It is a faith that things will go well versus a faith whether or not things go well. And it's actually the second kind of faith that I'm much more interested in because I know that it's that second kind of faith through which God often does his most important work within us. And, and really, so throughout this entire process, we've tried to strike that distinctive tone. And as a matter of fact, you know, from the very beginning, we titled our entire campaign, Building Faith, because we obviously were making a pun, uh, if you will, on the fact that we're building a, a building for a faith community church. But we had a deep sense that we were going through a process and on a journey that was going to have a lot of twists and turns, and God was going to do something in our lives through it. Uh, because throughout all of that, we constantly were drawing attention to the fact that, that in our congregation, in our personal lives, what God is doing is way more important than anything that may be erected as a structure on our property one day. It's actually this process of seeing God, trusting God, and, and uh, turning to God's providence throughout all of this that has been the focal point, at least of our elders and the spiritual leadership of the church. In other words, if we enter this process with absolute confidence that God is accomplishing his purpose and his plan, regardless of what the building process looks like in the end, we have had a confidence that God is accomplishing his purpose and his plan. So we're taking our belief in the absolute power of God and his absolute access to all the world's resources so that he does whatever he wants. The scripture says God sits in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. And we reconcile that with the fact that sometimes God doesn't always give us what we desire. Mm -hmm. Those are two things that collide in people's minds all the time, not just with, you know, a congregational building project, but uh, in all kinds of personal circumstances in our lives. What do we do when that collision happens? How do we process all of that? Well, 
we remind ourselves of the weakness of man. I mean, otherwise, if everything always went away the way we planned and it always kind of fell into place exactly the way we dreamt it would, we would never have a profound sense of our own weakness, of our own dullness of mind, of our own inabilities to do whatever we want. And think about that. I mean, if that was the way things went, we, we would actually be tempted to think too highly of ourselves, to think too scantily, you might say, of God, too, too, uh, too thin of God's work and, and the necessity of his providence. We would be, uh, you know, we would be tempted to forget God. Second, not only do when we face this collision in our minds between our hopes and desires and God's uh, either, you know, God's lack of provision sometimes, not only do we have to face our own weaknesses, but we, we focus, we're forced to focus in on the doctrine of the goodness of God or the character of God. We're confronted with the idea of whatever we're desiring and seeking versus whatever God is actually giving us and forced to meditate on whether what he's giving us is good because we preach that he's good. Mm-hmm. So we're forced to ask ourselves, how is God's goodness being demonstrated to us as individuals or as a church? Now that goodness hopefully is something that uh, we will see in the many, many blessings in our life, and it ought to produce in our hearts a thankfulness in all circumstances. At least that's what our theology teaches us. I had a little quote here from, uh, from John Calvin that I picked up from a blog, uh, which I thought was really good. It, it's always difficult to read quotes uh, you know, on audio, but I'll, I'll do my best. He says, when, when we are unjustly wounded by men, Let us overlook their wickedness, which would worsen our pain and sharpen our minds to revenge. Remember to mount up to God and learn to believe for certain that whatever our enemy has wickedly committed against us was permitted and sent by God's just dispensation. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly helpful because when we are confronted with disappointing circumstances, whether it's spiteful enemies or whether it is just perceived slight or neglect or whatever it might be, we tend to forget that God's ultimately the one who's in control of all this. We tend to begin to think that whoever it is that is involved with the process is the one that's in control. Now, I don't want to pick on our, our, um, our city. I mean, we've had really nice experiences with the city of Woodstock. But the reality is we just went through a six-month delay waiting on certain permits and approvals to come through. And there, I'm sure there's a temptation for, for some people to uh, turn their attention toward that, uh, you know, that inefficiency or that neglect or whatever it might be. Or, or anybody or anything or any organization that's been involved with the process. When we face disappointment, we have a tendency to want to, if not take revenge on someone, at least find someone to blame. Rather than what uh, Calvin is telling us here, 
which is that we should mount up our heart to God and believe that whatever has come against us was sent by God's just dispensation. Or one of the ways the scripture puts it, Psalm 75, for not from the east or from the west, nor from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. So that's really where my heart is, and certainly the way I counsel myself, you know, throughout whatever kind of disappointments might come, is the reality that none of those who have been involved with this process, whether from, you know, internally or those externally, uh, vendors or planners or any of those stuffs, are ultimately the determiner in any of these things. Uh, God is the one. And so where we are today, I can confidently say, is not only exactly where God wants us to be, but it's exactly where I want to be. Hmm. Because I understand that God's sending whatever he's sending in, our, in his just dispensation, as Calvin says. So I don't know how you deal with grappling with disappointment, but I think it's helpful for us to constantly be reminding ourselves yeah. of those things. I can't help but wonder, though. I mean, I, I mean, there's just so much that that you've put before us that we could unpack, and I'm I'm assuming that's what we're going to be doing over the next. We'll try to yeah. several podcasts, but maybe as just a an initial starting point, I go back to all. I go back to the beginning of what you said about how m- most people you searched high and low, and most people don't even account for providence. They only account for the plan. They're only looking to the plan. They're not looking to providence. They're not looking for what God is doing in the midst of their plans or in and through their plans. And I guess I I start with a question, and maybe we have to speculate a little bit, or maybe you have some specific thoughts, but I kind of wonder why that is. Like, why... Why would that be? Because I, I, I would venture a guess that you're not just talking about all those people out there who, you know, are just adrift in a sea of bad to no theology. I, I think that this is probably something that we struggle with closer to home in terms of where our first thoughts go when we face circumstances that are not going according to plan. Well, right, right off the uh, top, I think there are two main, as you might guess, there, there are thoughts in my head on this. There are two main reasons I uh, have um, pondered why this might be the case. First of all, somewhat pragmatic, is that much of the material that is produced related to church construction, all that, is not produced by theologians. Yeah, It's actually produced by builders, by people. It is, in some sense, a marketing tool. So they're all writing blogs to draw you to their site so that you uh, wind up hiring their services and stuff like that. And so it's not surprising to some extent, uh, although you certainly never want to say that a businessman should be non-theological, but architects, builders, and all that stuff who are, who are sometimes writing these things um, themselves uh, probably are not um, 
at the very least, we would say trained theologians, probably in most cases, not even spiritual leaders, maybe in their own churches, who knows. But that might be part of the problem. I think the other issue, more, more, uh, more disturbing, is that there, there has been a seepage into every corner of evangelicalism of this, of this sort of, um, uh, well, just call it what it is, a prosperity theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we see the worst cases of it within the prosperity gospel movement, but without really realizing it, we sometimes adopt and embrace that, that language and that terminology um, in our own circles, and we begin to think that way. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's at least part of it. I'm sure there are other reasons. Yeah, I think of the, I mean, this is maybe seems a little bit, um, I don't know, cliche or, or, you know, trite in some way, but I, I think that it's, it maybe gets at some, some of the things you're talking about here, where you hear people say things like, well, that was such a God thing. Mm. And usually what they're referring to is some fortuitous circumstance or the lining up of circumstances in such a, a way that it's beneficial to them. And so because it was beneficial to them, it had to be a God thing. And I can't help but think, you know, if you really boil that down, that gets into kind of this a, a dualism, a dualistic kind of mindset that there's the good things that come from God and the bad things that come from the devil. And, you know, they're constantly at war. And so we need to be, you know, aligning our lives to where the good things can be attributed to God. I mean, it, it basically just washes away a true understanding of God's yeah. work in his world and 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 really the 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 essence of providence itself so, so the next time uh your friend is rear-ended and they're telling you the story about how they got rear-ended in the car and you say to them oh that was such a god thing right you're probably going to get a blank stare yes like there's going to be no category right. for that right and yet that's precisely what providence is all about providence is not simply there as an explanation of where our blessings come from, but providence is there as uh, one of the most blessed doctrines for helping us grapple with the disappointments of life. Right. And, uh, and that's important for us. And, and now you, you take all of that and you enter into an industry and a process that virtually everyone says is fraught with uncertainty and disappointment. Right. How much more do we need to be more fo- do, do we need to be focused on providence in that? I can't help but think of all of the things that we have really been forced to grapple with. Um ministry related discussions and decisions, planning, um empathy for people that we've had to develop in terms of, you know, Helping them, shepherding, shepherding them through this whole process, or trying to be sensitive to people's questions or concerns. I mean, all the different things that that we've had to grapple with and and wrestle with, and and think what we're going to do about and how we're going to respond in ways that are honoring to the Lord. That actually come as a direct result of these various pauses or plans not working out 
as we might had hoped, but yet the fruit on the other side of that has been good fruit. Yeah. And I can't help also but think how, uh, you know, even in looking at, at our, our church sort of in a, in a broad way and all the statistics, all the everything you might read about a church going into a mobile church situation like ours, the Lord is blessing our congregation in ways in and through his sovereign work of providence in, in ways that, we, that are defying those odds, defying those statistics. Um, and, and, and that's in the midst of all of these pauses, this whole list of things that you laid out, some yeah. of which were, were really difficult circumstances that we had to walk through and, and delays that have been much longer than we would have preferred and, and all these different things. And, um, and to me, that, I mean, if I, if I just stop and I think about it from that perspective, my heart wells up. I mean, I just, I, I can't help but just be so grateful. Mm for what the Lord is doing in the church, in and through his people, as the word of God is proclaimed, as people are being evangelized, as people are being discipled, as new families are forming, babies are being born, people are being baptized. I mean, just the life of the church that has continued to grow and flourish and lives being forged together more deeply. I mean, that's all happened in and through all of that. Yeah, and as you out. said, some of some of the things that have happened are certainly sort of uh, part of the normal course of ministry, but some of them, as you mentioned, are the direct result of actually the circumstances that we're in. Right. And you look back and you wonder and you ponder, uh, how would the Lord have taught me various lessons through that? apart from the, the struggle, the trial, the disappointment, or whatever it might be. I mean, I, I, I can look personally at how the Lord's grown my faith and, and very encouraged by you know, what I've seen him doing in my life uh, through all of this and actually give thanks you know, for the trial uh, through all of it because I knew that, that the, the Lord was at work. So as I said, I mean, the, the, the thing we're confident in is that he is accomplishing his plan. There's no question in my mind about that. It may not perfectly match up with the way we mapped things out, but it is perfectly matching up with the way he mapped things out. I know that. And so here we are. Now, here's the, here's the big challenge. I don't know if this is another podcast or not, but uh, this is, I think, the big challenge for us in terms of providence is getting to the place where we would rather have the lessons than the building. Mm. Uh, where well, we actually are saying, you know, if we're talking about building faith, if God gave you the choice between learning the lessons through all the hardship and the disappointment or getting this wonderful new building with you know, everything that you ever asked for, which would you choose? It's interesting. There's all, there's, it's almost like you're, 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 um, you're sort of calling out what might be a little caveat that we hold on to in our minds. Okay, Pastor Shane, yes, this is, this is powerful. Scriptures are powerful as it relates to God's working in and through providence and in and, and, and the smallest things to the biggest things, to trials, to 
the good things that happen. He's, he's at work for his glory, according to his purposes. But we're still going to build this building. I mean, it's still going to happen. I mean, let's just, I mean, uh, uh, we're encouraged. Thank you. But what, what if, and again, I, this, is, this is me not wanting to even um, you know, think of this as a, as a real possibility, but what if the Lord had us move in some totally different direction according to his plans and his purposes? Would we be able to love him and worship him and praise him at this stage? Of where we are in the process. I mean, I'm 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 asking this out loud. Yeah. Those of you that might be listening to this, I'm not asking you. <laughs> I'm saying it out loud so that I can hear myself ask the question: How committed am I to even through this short discussion of profound truths from God's Word about His providence and the benefits and blessings of walking through difficult times, in particular? In faith, how how much do I desire those lessons more than I'm committed to seeing this plan through? Mm-hmm. That is a that is a really penetrating question that I'm not very happy that you asked because it's causing me uh, internal conviction. But I think it's a, a helpful question for all of us to ask ourselves. And, and that I'll just say, just to sort of cut to the chase, and 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 again, we might could expand on this later, but but. That is where you want to be. Yeah. That is ultimately where you want your prayers directed. Not just, Lord, would you give us this thing that we're seeking, but Lord, would you give us whatever you want us to have? Yeah. That's really, that's what I want. Yeah. That's the kind of faith I want built. And, um, and, and then the rest I'll leave to the Lord's timing. Now, there's, there's a whole series of, uh, of discussions about you know responsibility and right. and 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 doing things with excellence and and you know being committed to uh, working with honor and and integrity and all those other things that have to be put into the mix. Sure, but this is the focus. Right. This, this is where the the bullseye needs to be constantly in our hearts and minds, so that I can at any point in the process at any point in the process, good days and bad days. Uh, at this point, we might say rainy days and dry days. Right. I can say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you for where we are and where I am and what you're doing in our life and in our church. Wow. Such, such good discussion and good thoughts for us to, to continue to think about and, and consider And I think we're off to hopefully a good start. Hopefully this is an encouragement to you guys listening. And um, and we'll pick up with this subject in our next podcast. And hope you guys will tune in next time and enjoy being with you, Shane. And we'll look forward to our next time together. Looking forward to it. 